how can I forgive myself? And sometimes that's a question that uh, nags away at, at people uh, over the years sometimes even when they wonder, how can I forgive myself? Because there are things that happen in life that just sort of seem to continue to bubble up, if, if you know what I mean. How can I forgive myself? It's a very simple message. I'll start off with the answer. When God, who is your creator and father, forgives you for whatever it is that, that you might have done, whatever this thing is, it is to him as if it never happened. And that can be hard for us to wrap our minds around because that's not exactly how we work, is it? The forgiveness that God offers is yours. It's yours for the asking because Jesus Christ gave his life to pay the penalty for whatever that was, whatever that sin was, whatever that action was that you can't seem to shake. So some of us, some of us have a hard time putting our past behind us. We remember things that we might have done or things that have happened to us or bad situations, but let's focus on you know, things that we have done where we have kind of crossed the line. And every time that we, we bring it up and we kind of relive it, you kind of load it back into your memory banks, if you will, it's like we're reliving the moment and all those emotions come up and you start feeling the same feelings that you felt when it actually happened. And the more we do that, the more it gets burned into our brain and it becomes a habit to think back on these things and dwell upon them. And the guilt that we felt and all that comes back and can be as strong as ever and perhaps even get stronger as we bring it to memory. Now, we tend to view ourselves as... Uh, a sum total of all our actions. It's a very common, um, yeah, I guess I'd call it a misunderstanding. We sort of look at ourselves as the sum of all our actions, with all the good and all the bad stuff in our lives rolled together, right? Now, maybe some of us are 40% good and 60% uh, bad. Um, Maybe we're 50-50. Maybe it's split right down the middle. And so we see ourselves this way and it's, we'll be evaluated and sort of weighed in the balance. Is there more good than bad? God does not see us that way. God does not see life that way. Um, your creator is interested in who you are right now and not the past. And so all that stuff doesn't really weigh in the balances. God is interested in who you are right now, what you have become, and who you are becoming. That sounds very new agey, uh, but it's true. That's what God is focused on. He's focused on, well, where are you at now? What are you doing now? Where are you headed? And all that stuff in the past, well, it has a purpose and it has a place, but it's not there in the balance, if you know what I mean. Let me give you an example. Let's say that you have a past, okay? I guess you all do. Let's say it wasn't a great past. And you've spent years of your life struggling, 
through problems. And maybe, let's just think of a few. Maybe you were, maybe you were an abusive mate or a parent. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, perhaps you were loose sexually. You know, the classic having a past. Uh, maybe you were an addict, uh, whether it was to some form of drugs or alcohol or something like that. And then one day, one day, you took hold of God's forgiveness, okay? And you allowed the sacrifice of Jesus Christ to cover over your past sins. You welcomed uh, him in to turn your life around through the power of the Holy Spirit, and over time, you built a mindset. You know, we call it putting on the mind of Christ. A mindset and a lifestyle of self-control. Okay? <clears throat> when God looks at that person, let's say it's you, when God looks at you, he does not see an addict. He does not see someone who's a fornicator. He does not see someone who is abusive. He sees someone who has spiritually matured, who has developed self-control. And all that stuff in the past has led them to this point where they are. And that's what God is concerned with and focused on. Who you are now, what you have become and what you are becoming and all the struggles and the failures and the victories of your past, they served God's purpose. They served a purpose. They served a purpose in bringing you to a point of spiritual maturity, which is what God sees, what he, what he loves about you. Other than that, um, all that stuff has no purpose and no place in God's plan. Turn to Psalm 103, if you would. Let's just jump in and look at verse 12. It's a phrase you read frequently in, in Psalms, and I've pondered it. I'll share some of my pondering with you. The verse, verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And it's a Hebrew way of speaking. It's a Bible way of speaking. As far as the east is from the west. Well, how far is the east from the west? It's like up or down, on or off. Basically saying, it's kind of like a binary decision, on or off. So as far as east is from the west... <coughs> He has removed our transgressions from us. They're like opposites. It's just, it's not even there. Now, as a flesh and blood human being, your memories, your memories will stay with you as long as you remain in this physical life. That's just how God has wired your brain and my brain. Now, you can use those bad memories, or you can let them kind of overpower you, and they drag you down, and you can think, oh, I'm just no good, I'm, I'm, oh, and dwell on the past, or you can use them as a reminder. That's the only good use I could think of for them. A reminder of how much your walk with God has changed you. And, as a caution, 
to not go back. But don't relive the guilt, all that guilt of the past, as if it's still counted against you, because it does not. Another example from, from God's word, the Apostle Paul. He can be used, I think, in many ways. Um, the Apostle Paul, he lived his early life as a successful member of the religious authority structure, and he had personally led the charge in hunting down, imprisoning, and brutally executing the followers of Jesus Christ as heretics. Paul had a past, and he could dwell on it, I suppose, and he could say, oh, you know, how could God ever think anything positive or good about me? He could have done that. He could have done that. While Paul was still doing all this stuff, he was confronted. Jesus confronted him in a very direct way. Jesus Christ confronted him, and he gave him the offer of a new life. He said, I'm going to offer you something new. Total break from the past. To his credit, Paul accepted. And I hope you know the story I'm talking about. It's the you know, road to Damascus experience. Paul accepted. He said, uh, okay. It took him a while, I'm pretty sure. I mean, we get kind of a summary of it all. But God offered him something new. We're going to go in a different direction, Paul. And Paul accepted. But he still had all this blood on his hands. He had blood on his hands. He knew that he had killed righteous men and women, followers of Christ. So Paul had a past, a mixture of deep religious devotion and ungodly violence and hatred. He had that in him. He was a violent man, if you think about it. And he had this mixed bag. How did Paul mentally process his past? He had, he, you know, it was there. He's a human being like you and me. How did he process it? Philippians 3, verse 14. Paul writes about himself a few times. And in Philippians, he, he talks about how he looked at his past. In verse 14 through 16, he says, I, Paul, press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me. Heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us, then, who are mature should take such a view of things, and if on some point you think differently, that that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. The past was the past, in a nutshell. The past was the past. What mattered to Paul was the present and the future. And that's a great example for us. The future. Focus on the future. He would always remember what he'd once been, just like we did. You, know, you have your dark moments, I'm sure, so do I. But Paul considered the terrible past as mere garbage to be thrown away in exchange for the promise of life everlasting in the family of God. We're in Philippians, so let's back up and take a look at this same section, we're not reading the whole thing, but we're going to just take verses 7 and 8, where he says basically that. Whatever regains to me, verse 7, whatever regains to me, whatever I had, and he had a lot, he was a, you know, was a big shot. 
So whatever good stuff I had in this past that I had, and I suppose you could throw in the good and the bad, all the stuff that he accomplished, all the things that he'd done wrong, all the blood that he had on his hands, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, and I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ. Paul was focused on the future, the new life, what was ahead, and so should we. We need to focus on the present, you know, because we live in the present. So the present and the future, but not the past. A new life to be lived in the fullness of spiritual maturity based upon the pattern of Jesus Christ. So, how can I forgive myself? If there's something that you can't forgive yourself of or that keeps coming back, just remember this, that God, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, will forgive you for whatever it is that you have done. And you and I should take him up on his offer. Say, okay, yeah, I'm good with that. If your father creator, who's holy and righteous, he can look at your life and say, you know, that thing, whatever it is, just doesn't matter anymore. It's as far as the east from the west. I'm interested in who you are and who you're becoming. If our Father Creator can do that for us. I think a lesson, a life lesson, is we also should learn to do that for one another. Be willing to do that for one another. But for ourselves, if God can give us so totally and so completely, then we should feel free to forgive ourselves. And as you know, the popular saying goes, move on, look to the future. Live in the present and look to the future. And with the help of God's Holy Spirit, you and I can become completely new people. And we don't have to be tied to our past. You and I can grow in the fullness of Christ. And you and I have a wonderful and glorious future ahead of everlasting life in the family of God.